0: Hello, you amazing people out there, and welcome to the Amazing Action Comics Podcast, where we are all about independent comics. I am one of your hosts, Angel, with Phil Pepe. How's it going, Angel? Ooh, it is another week, brother, another week of comics, so I'm in heaven.
1: <laughs>
0: when, how you doing, right?
1: right? I'm good, man. I'm good. Enjoying uh, enjoying the summer day.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, uh, you know what? We finally broke this uh, this heat wave that we that, just... That, that, that ridiculous 1200
1: day heat wave Yeah. yes that's one of the
0: reasons why i refuse to move to the south because it's hot and humid those are the two worst possible things (laughs) the hell exists it is just like that it is hot and humid you don't have to worry it. i'd rather have fiery pits than freaking have you know fire and humidity and and heat the air um (laughs) all right folks we're going off on a tangent here uh, all right, gang, uh, welcome to another episode of the Indie Comic Review. This is episode 78, and this is where Phil and I, every single week without fail, except for some weeks where we do fail, um, <laughs> pick out some uh, independent comics that have just come out for that week and then uh, give our two cents after we read them. So these titles that we have for you this week are for the week of August 17th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, yeah, why don't you get us started, Phil?
1: Sure, sure. A uh, really quick bit of news, actually. Just oh, uh, I news. read a very, very interesting. Wait, wait, wait!
0: Article. wait I got to do the news intro. <laughs> no.
1: This just in. Uh, yeah, no, I just read a very interesting article. Apparently, Marvel um, is bringing back CrossGen. I don't know if any of you remember CrossGen yes. from about twenty yes. years ago. Uh, started by the late Mark Elisey, tried to do a a bullpen environment right like yes. the old classic marvel like so you signed with CrossGen. you had to move down to the heat and the humidity in florida and work in a bullpen with other writers and artists like it was really cool concept they had some really cool books uh of course like marvel likes to do with these sort of um uh, up-and-coming uh uh publishers like CrossGen general and uh, malibu before them mm-hmm. they bought out those companies right so so uh, CrossGen was absorbed by Marvel Disney, and in order to maintain the copyright, they have to do something with these properties every five years. And so uh, Marvel just announced a CrossGen Tales, a reprint of the of four first issues from uh, the the the, the bygone days of CrossGen. I thought I found it very interesting, just in what we look at as far as these independent publishers, and you know how Image really has become the premier independent publisher out there right. uh, with such a wide Array diverse titles and things like that And CrossGen was a company that tried That got gobbled up by one of the big Two and there's no Plans for anything else uh, Maybe this will spark something uh, To see these nope. continue But probably not it's nope. just to maintain The trademark uh, so I just Found that very interesting and very funny That um, yeah if you remember CrossGen or if you never had a chance to check them out, because apparently these trades are still Out there and available yeah, uh, uh it's a good sampler to check out it's four very unique and interesting titles uh from a very ambitious shared universe from, well you know, it's it's funny that you're mentioning ago.
0: that yeah because i think we're moving into and it, it's never like a black and white it's not a clear line and i think we've been making slowly this transition back to sort of like a nostalgic period of 80s and 90s and yeah it's, you know, creeping into the shows, creeping into the movies. I mean, now, listen, you have the remake of Roadhouse. And <laughs> none other than the, you know, infathomable, handsome Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be taking on Patrick Swayze's role. So I think we're coming around sort of like full circle where, you know, big hair is going to be coming back, stonewashed, you know, and he's updated. And I think it's happening with stories as well. So they either, you yeah. know, for the sake of holding on to licenses, or for the sake of nostalgia, because look, I mean, we, we, you brought this up. We're going to talk about a book that is, you know, making, not a comeback, but, you know, hasn't been around since the 90s. Yeah. Rob Liefeld, you know, just did a remastered edition of Profit because that got picked up um, by somebody. So that it's, it's you know, ooh, it's it's also Jake Gyllenhaal starring <laughs> as Profit. Um, and then, you know, he has Brigade coming out, these remastered editions. Yeah. And I just saw a freaking variant online from Art Germs. Huh. For a Wildcats one shot that's coming D- out that I didn't D- even know was coming out.
1: DC, yeah, that was another article I saw today. DC is celebrating Image's 30th anniversary by publishing a new Wildcats one shot. Dude, that's so crazy. When Jim Lee left Image, he took his Wildcats properties with him. Right. That became Wildstorm, and right. that was absorbed by DC. And you know that's why we have Rifter <laughs> rolling around Gotham with Batman.
0: But that's, uh, that's why they do this. So they create yeah. these little houses so they get all these new properties, buy them out, and then just they have a whole new library of crap that they can work off of.
1: And it's always cyclical too. I mean, it, there's always that 20-year nostalgia period, right? Yeah. So we have, we're, we're in the heat right now of like 90s nostalgia and, and we're getting to the end of the 90s nostalgia and the next thing is the early 2000s, 2000s. nostalgia. And that was CrossGen's era and that Again, is mind-boggling to me that that was twenty years ago. It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: It's crazy. All right, let's get into the books.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, also, oh. you did mention Roadhouse. Uh, unfortunately, yes. apparently, the 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 actual Roadhouse that was used, I guess, for exteriors. I don't know right. if it was done for interiors. Apparently, caught fire uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. So, uh, thoughts and prayers Oh
0: roadhouse. man,
1: that sucks. <laughs> I blame Jake. Yeah, I blame
0: Jake. That's this is bad juju.
1: <laughs> uh, All right, comic number one. Uh, am I going first? Yeah, you going first. I'm gonna go first. All yes. right. It's uh, this one is called True Cult. But if you are typing it in to search for it, you got to replace those U's with the V's because apparently that's actually how it's spelled. Uh. Uh, Yeah. But that being said, uh, this is another uh, effort from IDW original. Uh, So IDW is a great example of, you know, what dark horse has been trying to do since they lost a lot of their, their IPs and properties, uh, their licensed properties. Uh, IDW is in the same boat. And so they're really going all in, I think on this IDW original, um, Initiative, They uh, launched with the Dark Spaces Wildfire by Scott Snyder. Uh, second issue of that came out this week. So this is another one that they, they put out, uh, again, called True Cult. Uh, this is written uh, by Scott Brian Wilson, arted by Liana Kangas. Uh, they do both get co-creator credits. Uh, colors by Gab Contreras with color assists by Jimmy Savage. Lettered by DC Hopkins. Uh, editor Chase W. Marotz with some assist by Jake Williams on the editing. So this book is right up my alley. This is a really just slice of life Um Guy in a deadbeat job, but he commits. He's all in. He works uh, he, for 15 years. He works at a fast food joint called Burger Lord. Uh, he's got an interesting relationship with his manager, uh, Bernice. Uh, a little bit reminded me of the um, the, the, the Brian Halloran and... Um, Rosario Dawson, uh, working relationship in Clerks 2, uh, Mm. with not so much the romantic relationship. I don't think that that's what's going on with these two characters, but their banter, uh, is very similar. Uh, and, and so he, after 15 years of working at this burger joint, really just being a model employee, um, See, you know, he he hasn't fully drunk the Kool-Aid, though. He sees all the warts, right? He sees warts and all. Decides on his lunch break that he's going to rob eight stores in a strip mall. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's just uh, the other way. And he's planned it. He's, he's you know, it, it all kind of happen by happenstance of the uh, piece that he needs to to kind of put this together uh and it's a really interesting uh sequence as he goes from shop to shop uh and there is actually a a great moment shop number three is a comic shop and i just want to read this brief exchange because it's great he's looking at the clerk and he goes any of these old comics worth anything clerk goes no he goes, you ever wonder who'd win in a fight if, I don't know, who's the green green one and the guy with the huge guns? You ever think about that? Comic clerk, no. I, and then he, the last thing he says, he goes... I don't know. I didn't know they still made comics. So I thought that was great. Oh my you hear God. that all the, time. All he the only time. pulls out. It also tells you how much he pulls from each store. Uh, in some cases, like the mattress store, he gets nothing. Uh, he only gets about 83 bucks from the comic shop. But I also loved is that uh, sleeping on the counter of the comic shop as the, the clerk's handing the money over is a cat. And the shop that I worked (laughs) at 20 years ago, we had a shop cat named Shady. Uh, And so that really, I was like, oh, that's really cool. That's like, that really hit close to home. So that initially endeared me specifically to what was going on in this book. Just that little bit of a reference. Yeah. So this whole thing goes off without a hitch, except he manages to get cocky and pull off a ninth heist uh, from a delivery truck that is delivering something that, as you find out, belongs to this cult that sort of runs this town Hmm. so there is your 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 meat of the story uh disgruntled fast food employee uh accidentally robs from a satanic cult uh and apparently will now have to deal with the ramifications of that and there's also a female character that's introduced uh, a someone who reminds him of him uh who sort of witnesses the robbery but covers for him and uh she's interviewing for the job she used to work at another burger lord a couple years ago which i also think is sort of a macguffin i think that there's more going on to her character so in a nutshell really cool concept it Again, it it hits me right where I kind of like these types of comics, these sort of just slice of life with just something weird happening uh, without a a heavy supernatural presence or a post-apocalyptic presence. Uh, Reminds me a lot of a great comic, again, from about 20 years ago called Teenagers from Mars, another really great indie black and white comic. Um, And so it has that same sensibility, even in the art. Uh, the, The art is really clean storytelling with really on-model characters, but there's a roughness to it that um, that really, I think, adds to the the, the the unease of the main character in his just day-to-day that, um, that I think it really is a nice merge. And the colors are great too, especially when you're in Burger Lord, the fast food restaurant, it's all yellows and oranges and browns you know and i got hungry while reading those scenes so i, I drove out to burger king to, to, to grab something you know just nice. because of that but yeah true yeah. cult idw originals uh really great first issue don't know if it's an ongoing or a mini but i am in, on board it really kind of kind of hit all the right notes for me as far nice. as what i look for these small press indie type comics
0: Oh right, good so good on IDW, right? Yeah, right In now. Dark spaces and then true vaults. Yeah, uh, true so cult. I think
1: this. Hopefully, this works for them. There's there's buzz on it, not eight billion genies type buzz, uh, yeah. stuff. But uh, but right now, you know, yeah, these first two efforts, I, I are two good starts, and I really wish them success with this because they're a quality company and they always they always do do well.
0: Sweet. Okay, guys, you you heard that uh, true cult by IDW. Check it out. All right, uh, moving on. So I've got the next one. This is a book that we did not need, but I'm so glad we got. Um, (laughs) Talking about nostalgia. So obviously Image has been celebrating their their 30th anniversary, for 30 years of, you know, being around. And this is from the Shadowline uh, imprint, which is Jim Valentino, one of the uh, original founders. And this one is called Last Shadowhawk. Um, So you've got story and pencils by Philip Tan, uh, inks by Daniel Enriquez. You got colors by Federico Blee. Letters by Todd Chok. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess that up, but I was mm-hmm. going to say Tokchaka. Yes, I'll just go with that. <laughs> and then the actual script is written by Brian H. and Jim V. Uh, and then it says, Old and in the way, Jim Valentino. Ah. I thought that was a great credit. Uh, so, so yes. Uh, Jim, we're talking about, I mean, because my, my real big intro into comics was the 90s. It was Image. I mean, I did, you know, know about uh, Jim Lee's X Men run. Uh, I knew about uh, Life Fells X Force, um, uh, Todd McFarland's Spider Man, and, and yada yada yada. And, and these are the guys that kind of broke away from, you know, the big, one of the big two, and created, you know, Image, mm-hmm. which we, which we got today. And it's funny because almost not almost every single book that came out in the '90s from Image was a superhero book. I don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says. It was a superhero book. And then, obviously, over the years, it's just broken down into every particular uh, genre there is. Um, Shadowhawk was Jim Valentino's baby. I did read the first series. Uh, I thought it was great because out of all the books that were coming out originally from the, the, the founders, uh, this was probably the bloodiest one. Because mm. this guy just beat the crap out of people to nearly death, or even just and or killed them. So basically, and, we, and well, he
1: was just a guy, right? Just a street. Le- it was like that was their street level book, like not street level really book, yeah. And basically, and somebody else,
0: right? So yeah. his, his his suit was get was made by somebody else, and he put on a suit, and basically, it just it, it was bulletproof and kind of gave him a little bit more agility and a little bit of uh, strength, uh, but not like supernatural stuff. So yeah, yeah. so um, yeah, but and and what was crazy is that. Uh, character contracted AIDS and died of AIDS in in, right. in the comic, which was crazy. That was um, big, yeah. Yeah, huge. And was and I didn't know because I I read up on it because I, I couldn't remember uh, a lot of it. And I didn't realize that Chapel as well, which was in Spawn, yep. I think he fought him, also had HIV. Oh, really? which, was, which was crazy insane. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, so 30 years later, we get what's called The Last Shadow Hall. Now, there were other iterations. So there, I think the first character, I think his name was John Stone. Uh, that mm-hmm. was his last name and then and then Eddie took over um, and then that's when I believe there started to change the mythos on it. So basically now we get sort of like the background that Shadowhawk is sort of like a title. So mm-hmm. it kind of gets passed down from one generation to the next or whoever's bearing. I, I, it, I wasn't clear on as to whether or not the suit is part of it. But I'm assuming it has... Well, no, it doesn't have to be because in this particular book, you saw all the previous Shadowhawks Mm. and you saw all the different uh, iterations. So some of them had the mask. Some of them didn't have any mask at all. So Mm. um, it's actually... There's something called the Nomo, uh, which is a pantheon um, that's led by uh, the god, uh, the Egyptian god Horus, which is the hawk god. Mm. And basically he imbues his avatars uh, with powers, so this would be strange, blah, blah, blah um, to seek out justice in his name and stuff like that. So this, is, this, this story is giving you a little bit of background on the previous uh, Shadowhawks and then discussing the current Shadowhawk that's in this particular book uh, because he's fighting with some villain that, you know, has a grudge against him because uh, he killed his father a long time ago. And it's just a whole monologue, an internal dialogue while he's fighting this guy. In regards to how he feels older he doesn't feel like he can go on anymore and then there's there interaction with the gods saying that if you want more we can revive you and he's just like no i don't want any more and happens at the end happens at the end um it, it's if if you've never read it you don't have to read you know the previous series of shadow to actually pick this up because it really is a a one shot it picks up in the middle of a fight scene before it or what led up to it mm-hmm. but kind of like the dialogue just kind of just suggests that there's some history between these guys and cool. sort of like that internal struggle of you know what a superhero if you want to call Shadowhawk a superhero that that internal dialogue of when you're getting close to the end do you want to keep going on or is it time to just let the you know let the light go out hang up the gloves and, and, and just kind of move on and mm-hmm. it kind of asks all those questions in it what was really great about this is Philip Tan's art is amazing, and it really had a '90s feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, with like the big splash pages um, going across, uh, you know, multiple pages and stuff like that. And it it, it had that '90s style to it, uh, bloody as hell too, which is fantastic. The only thing for me that would have made it really like a like a true '90s book, because when I started reading the books in the '90s. It was still right before they went to the glossy pages. Mm. They were still on the matte pages. Right. So if these were matted pages. It would I, I would have been like a, a, I don't know a 16 year old girl again <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> but I mean, Philip Tan did a fantastic job with the art on here. Um, yeah, this was something that I didn't know I didn't need, but I'm really really glad I got. So if you're you know if you're a kid from the 90s uh, who you know picked up their first image book even if you didn't pick up Shadowhawk and you picked up Savage Dragon or Spawn or Walk Cyber Cyberforce whatever it is this you you have to pick it up and put in your collection because it's just beautiful and you know it was great to see you know him kind of revive the the mythos of Shadowhawk and kind of expand on it and make it sort of a, a mantle or an avatar as per just being one person that mm-hmm. was just in a suit so it'd be interesting to see if they do anything with it uh, i know yeah. it's a one shot but you know there's enough interest in it maybe they'll go with it but yeah i I liked it a lot so guys if if you can check it out uh last shadow hawk from image comics
1: very cool very cool
0: all right, what do yeah, you got that's next? I, again, Yeah, that's great. Again, that's
1: great with Image with the 30th anniversary and, you know, again, going back to the roots on some things that haven't been published in a while. Uh, so that's really cool. I'm glad that they did do that as well. Even
0: and uh, what I was excited about is that it was an, actually uh, a completely different story from, because I think Prophet was actually a reprint of the original.
1: Right, I believe so, yeah. So, yeah,
0: so I think it was called a remastered edition. And and Brigade is getting the same kind of treatment as well, so I don't know if there's a different story in that, but I was really pleasantly read something else other than just because i had the original i don't need a, a remastered uh, copy of the original right so
1: yeah c- <laughs> yeah c- the fact that there's a them. new story is great and you know like i really wasn't into a lot of the image stuff uh back then but, you know, I, I <laughs> but I appreciate what they did and uh, the stuff that I have looked at, you know, in, in later years, really enjoyed. And to, to, to kind of go back to that, well, because I'm a big fan of nostalgia, uh, whatever scratches that itch for people, I always love. So, like, to see people respond to things like this last Shadowhawk or, you know, just uh, a lot of stuff that Image is doing over this 30th year. Um, yeah, it's really cool. As a comics nerd, I, I think it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I always thought about it. They missed the boat when well, I guess they didn't want to be a third, you know, I guess, superhero, you know, comic book publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they actually ended up spreading themselves out. But, you know, I, I always thought that it was such a missed opportunity because they did have the time where they crossed artists over. Yeah. And they were doing each other's books for one issue. Mm-hmm. They had guest appearances in each other's books, but they never built like a universe where they had like a huge crossover. Um with with
1: the characters there were yeah there were some attempts early on but i think the again they just realized that really wasn't their bag you yeah know? yeah um and again there was that period where everybody wanted to do crossover you know the big two were t- scrambling to do crossovers with image once once they made themselves open to that you know um but yeah i think that uh i think that image i think as a company moved in the right direction for its longevity
0: yeah, well, yeah, it was so smart. And look, we're still getting a Batman Spawn, you know, crossover. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about that. So, <laughs> yeah, a boy can dream. <laughs> All right, off to the next one.
1: All right, so we're going to Vault Comics and their new book called Heart Eyes. Uh, this is written by Dennis Hopeless, uh, illustrated by Victor Ibanez, uh, Addison Duke colors, and lettered by Simon Boland. Uh, no real discernible editor credit. So it looks like there's an editor-in-chief, uh, Adrian Wassel, uh, and, you know, probably a managing editor that oversees everything too. But, uh, but yeah, I think this was... Dennis Hopeless is a sort of, um, you know, well-versed in the, you know, indie world uh, as far as, you know, pretty prolific writer. Uh, so I think that he's one of those writers who, you know doesn't need as much editing I guess mm, you know mm, that's my, yep. my spit take on that uh, but anyway heart eyes so one thing I did love looking at the cover on this uh, it's got a really cool pull quote from Jason Aaron uh, another well-known well regarded writer uh, a gorgeously imagined fever dream uh, but it's got the it's got the little corner box right with the main character's uh, portrait and, on and the issue one and it's like it's like an old Marvel comics corner mm-hmm. box and I thought that was really cool this is not a Marvel comic though uh <laughs> <laughs> this is this book begins with one of my biggest fears. Uh, next, to, I think drowning. Be uh, sinkholes. I can't. I freak out anytime. And there's been a lot of sinkhole news in recent years.
0: Um, yes, they, but nowhere near us. I don't care. I do. and That's fail the on thing on about Jersey. a
1: sinkhole, man. It can pop up <laughs> in my driveway. And I'll be standing there, and 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 the other thing is not so much getting swallowed up by the sinkhole, but what's under what's in that sinkhole. And so this uh, right there on page one, out of the sinkhole, as some guy is vlogging, right? He's so it's through his phone. You see, uh, you see this happen. Uh, he this giant cthulhu type eldritch god tentacle demon comes and devours this dude right in the middle of his live stream uh and so this is the setup this is one of those okay some nasty demons have erupted through the earth and has started wiping out humanity uh so what is left of humanity has been driven underground to avoid these creatures and then you see this um, this 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 young woman, Lupe. Uh, she's like about late teens, right? So she is just wandering uh, in this desolate, you know destroyed cityscape uh, by herself. She's the only person out in the open. Uh, you first see her and she is stressed and she looks upset she quickly kind of wipes away those tears and then she's smiling. And that is a big key because that is sort of the secret to her survival as you find out in this first issue. Hmm. So Lupe gets um, basically quote unquote rescued uh, by another young man of the same age who, um, you know, uh, pull he's, he's scuba like in the water. Cause like they can see her, right. They're able to like watch her on cameras and stuff down below. So he pops out of the water, pulls her in, brings her to the underground, uh, uh, terrain where they, where he's living with the other band of refugees, uh, water apparently doesn't affect these creatures, like these creatures can't go into water. So Mm. that's kind of why that's there. And you sort of get these little flashes of, uh, both of their pasts when they were kids, uh, both before and during this invasion. And what you kind of find out is uh, the reason she's able to survive is because these creatures feed on fear. And she apparently has a very high threshold for fear. And there's a last page flashback reveal that really starts to open up that aspect of what happened to her in her past uh, that allowed her to, to be this way in this horrifying present. So you have some pretty cool, compelling characters. You have the two young characters who obviously are are very attracted and hormonal towards each other. And, um, you know, her existing above, him existing below. You do get that sort of opposites attract kind of thing. Ah, uh, then you get the other refugees uh, that that the young boy, the young man is living with, and um, you know their various stages of of how they've been dealing with this. Whereas True Cults art was a little on the sketchy side, this is a very, very detailed, um, intricate line work mm. that I think is gorgeous. This book looks beautiful, and he really, uh, Ibanez really captures you know, the, the, the the details of a sort of decimated society, you know, in the beginning she's walking through like the boardwalk and, you know, you get to see like the old games and the details are all there and they're all perfect. Uh, this guy is a amazing storyteller and a really, 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 really uh, detailed artist. So, uh, everyone's expressions are perfect. Um, yeah, this guy is meticulous and really good. So I really, responded well to the art uh and the colors do set the mood as well uh and these creatures that that when he draws these he just he lets it rip man there's so many tentacles and open mouths and teeths and eyes and everything on this thing so this guy really uh really is enjoying drawing these 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 horrific creatures uh, so he's really knocked that out of the park on this one. Cool. So yeah, I don't know if it's a mini or an ongoing, but Heart Eyes. Uh, again, if you're looking for that that next uh, dystopian future tentacled alien emerging from the devastation of <laughs> the terrifying sequels of the world, uh, check out Heart Eyes by Vault.
0: Sweet. Sweet. I looked in that book too. The art looked really, really good and amazing. Um, But I'm still mad at Vault for making every one of their books (laughs) $4.99. But I'll get over it one day. Actually, I'll get over it really soon as we move into our next book, which is also by Vault. (laughs) Um, This is the second volume of a number one. And normally we wouldn't do this, but I think what they're doing with this particular book is really smart. Mm -hmm. So similar to what we're doing with Project Shadow Breed, every X amount of issues is a volume. And it's sort of like a self-contained story within that volume. And you don't need to read other volumes to get the gist of it because everything you need is, is within that volume, yep. um, which is fantastic. So this is called Barbaric, um, Axe to Grind. Woo! And it was written by Michael Morecci, Um, artist. Yes, he's back. <laughs> uh, nothing against the one shot artist because it was still great. But, you know, when you get used to something and it changes and you want to pull out your hair. Oh, that's yeah. why I have no hair on my head. Uh, colors by Addison Duke and letters by Jim Campbell. Uh, in short, guys, this is a barbarian in a barbaric world with a talking axe that loves to drink blood and get <laughs> drunk on blood. Um, and the barbarian has been cursed by these witches who cursed um, him with. He has to help anybody who asks for help. Um, so if someone just asks for help, he has to help them regardless. That's his curse. So he just wants the earth. So that was pretty much the first volume, and you got to meet uh, a witch uh, along that route. And now she's hanging out with him um, as they continue their journey. And in this particular one, he's helping a vampire out in the very beginning. The uh, what was f- f- so hilarious is I didn't know. That yeah, blood had different tastes for different things. <laughs> and vampire blood tastes like shit to him. You don't like the vampire. <laughs> the acts so he, does not like
1: vampire. He's like and he
0: said it too. He's like, I yep. don't know blood could taste bad. <laughs> uh, and there's everything in there. There's like these huge giants that are vampires. And you've got this one vampire lord who's controlling all these vampires. And basically, uh The barbarian, uh, Owen, is helping out an old friend of his who got turned into a vampire who's been a vampire for the last, I don't know how many years, Mm -hmm. um, uh, under the spell of this vampire. Uh, And so, long story short, a little bit of a spoiler, but not a spoiler, uh, helps him out. And we get to find out what the true intent of this particular, I guess, arc is going to be. And there's this evil presence from the past that has come back. I'm not going to mention what it is, Mm -hmm. but it, it leads off in a really good cliffhanger where we're going to see some shit go down. And this book is bloody as it is. So I can't imagine it getting bloodier, but oh my God, I know it's going to get bloodier. And I think, <laughs> you know, adding adding the, the, the witch at the end of the last arc was really yep. good because it brings balance to Owen. And I think in this particular issue, I don't know about you, but it, he read a little bit different. Like there was emotion on his end. He wasn't as... I mean, he was still, like, reckless and he was still barbaric in his fighting. But mm-hmm. there were times where he was a little bit more rational. And mm-hmm. I, there was there was something pulling at his heartstrings. And she was getting that out of him. yeah, uh, Which yeah. I thought was really good because it was bringing a little bit of dimension to his character. I, I don't want to say it's a weakness, but it's definitely something that we didn't see in the first volume. That's mm-hmm. definitely coming through in this particular volume. Um, I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, I know I joke around and, and uh, bitched out about the price, raising the <laughs> price, but I believe that you pay for value and this absolutely is worth $4.99. Um, I will get this book and, and and definitely get it in, in trade as well as a backup later on in the road when it does come out, because the art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is great. The facial expressions that Gooden does is, is just spot on. <laughs> like, you know, if you can tell, what that character is feeling or what the emotion they're portraying just by looking at it and not reading the words that, you know, the artist is doing their job. And so when when he puts, you know, pencil to paper and does this thing, it, it it's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love this first issue and, and I'm definitely going to continue on with it. Um, you read
1: it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. uh, so did you actually wind up getting to read the one shot uh, that, that came out a few I
0: didn't, ago? I didn't, yeah. because well, that you... one, I
1: think that one was $5.99, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah, because yes. uh, more pages uh, and such. But yeah. you know, it, it's funny because you made a great point there about how Owen really does work best when he has somebody to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of cool about that one shot again, not necessary to read the one shot to enjoy this volume two. And, and again, even this volume two, number one is clean enough to just dive into if you didn't even read the first one. Correct. But, uh, but the first one was mostly a solo Owen uh, tale where, as he gets to, to know this, which uh, towards the end of it, but um, the one shot, you get to see a pre cursed axe Owen with his, Former band of teams, inclu- you know, including Steel and two other guys, mm-hmm. and uh, Steel is you know in this new one, and then you also get to see him have a a romance and an interplay and a back and forth with another you know strong female character. Uh, but again, it's, it's it's these characters that are great because they do sort of change Owen a, a little bit, where he's he's more dimensional, he's less one note. Yes, when he's by himself, he's very one note, and it's the gag with the axe but when he is interacting with other people, he really, that's when his character really shines. And you can see not only, you know, that there is something in there that, yeah, maybe he does kind of want to help these people, but also that instinct of, oh, if I could just cut this person down, you know, I don't have to think so hard going forward, you know? Yes, (laughs) but you know what? You
0: just said something interesting because I don't know if that was the original intent of the witches. Like if the witches curse you with something they believe, is what your true intention is
1: right yeah huh that's a good point
0: Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't uh, mean to cut you off. You no, just said you said it and it just popped into my head and I was like, What? Yeah, yeah that could be fucking but we could just be overthinking it. It could we just could... be a curse. Yes. We
1: just like Owen, he's a so, great yes, character. Yes. And yes. any anything you put Owen in, you know, I think at this point he's proven himself to be to be trustworthy enough as a character that he'll work in almost any situation. So we'll see. I don't know if I want Owen in space or you know, <laughs> Owen in, in Times Square. <laughs> Uh, like they've done with some other barbarian characters, but uh, but but right now what they're doing with this 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 title is great. It's, it's a breath of fresh air yeah. in a, a overcrowded genre.
0: Yes, yes, and the fact that it's a barbarian named Owen—that's all you need to know, and it's it's just gold.
1: Well, and he's got an axe named Axe.
0: And he's got an axe named Axe that gets <laughs> drunk on blood. Uh, yeah. So the only thing I will ruin in this book because you have to see this. So towards the very end of the book, before they're getting ready to set up the next issue, they get into a fight with a kraken. Mm -hmm. The best fucking panel I've ever seen is the suckers of a kraken going on top of a character, lifting up, and all the skin is removed, and all you see is the muscle underneath. (laughs) I was so grossed out, but so freaking mesmerized at that. I was like, holy shit, that's so clever. Uh, And the thing was still alive, so it was crazy and good it um, has
1: this like it this detailed but cartoony style yes yes that it just it all works really well yeah. it
0: does yeah guys we, we can't talk this book enough this is definitely one of our favorite reads this week so uh barbaric acts to grind this is a volume two you don't need to read but i guarantee if you read this you're going to want to go back and i think the first one was four issues right? or three 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 yeah, issues
1: so- did the hardcover the one shot, and now this, and I don't know if this is going to be a, another three issue or.
0: I or hope is... not. I hope it goes yeah. at least six. It, I yeah. mean, they can decompress it a little bit. And it wasn't even like the first one was rushed. It was, it was mm-hmm. a good, solid story. I mean, they could have probably did a, a huge one shot of sixty pages and got it done because that's pretty yeah. much what it was. But yeah, check it out by Barrett from uh, Vol Comics. It's so
1: fu- it, it's just funny growing up in an age where 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 series traditionally were four issues mm-hmm. or twelve issues. And then, you know, maybe you got a six issue. Sometimes you get an eight. And mm-hmm. now it's like in recent years, it's like, oh, we're going to really get people, have people guessing. We're going to do a five-issue miniseries or, or a three-issue miniseries now. it's just it, it, I find it very funny, the mm. odd-numbered miniseries. Oh. Well, that, well that's, what, series. that's
0: what happens when you deal with a medium that has no rules yeah so it's like there's rules that are there but there aren't any rules at all to be honest yeah Yeah, i mean because we've been doing this for how long and we look at the indicias compared to the barcodes compared Mm -hmm. to the titles nothing ever matches across freaking companies it's like (laughs) they they just do whatever they want to do whatever looks cool and i was like guys just put the fucking price where we can see it (laughs) (sighs) It drives me insane but um, um all right cool so those are the four books that we have for you this week uh, we definitely recommend every single one of them. So if you go out to your local comic book shop, they don't have it, get on your hands and knees and say, please order this book for me. Um, and make sure that they do it until, you know, they actually do it or handcuff them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'll be here every single week, as long as it is a number one. I think we had one week, where that really wasn't a number one at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for the most part, there's new content coming out every week. And Phil and I are happy to, you know, Spend some dollars and review these books for you guys. If you want to be on the podcast, you're a creator, you have some content that you have coming up, whether it's Kickstarter or something that you want to promote, just go to AmazingActionComics.com slash podcast. Uh, fill out the form. We'd love to have you on and, and chat it up. Make sure that you visit Amazing Action Comics because we don't only review comics. We make comics as well. <laughs> uh, we've got some great content already out there, some more great content coming. I am um, just finished the uh, homage cover. For the uh, red hyena, yeah. So it's the uh, the Joker with the the Killing Joke, um, nice. but she's holding the diamond and stuff like that. So, I, yeah, it's, so.
1: it's funny because I was wondering was it was either the Killing Joke because uh, I've seen her work in progress, either the Killing Joke or um, it may also made me think of the Eclipseo uh, Darkness Within uh, annual event from DC from the mid 90s. I uh, don't know if you oh. remember that very famous. I'm gonna have to look at that. Very famous, because it was one of the worst things ever. Uh, the, the, because,
0: no, because... Yeah, I, I definitely didn't choose that one.
1: Direct, direct, so it's it's Eclipso holding the diamond to his right, eye, right? right. And they decided, let's put, for direct market, let's put an actual plastic three-dimensional diamond
0: oh, on the top comment. of the cover. So
1: imagine stacking, sorting... You know you, you, as a nightmare. indenting other books oh it's it's terrible. it's terrible. I think we have one at the shop at least uh, but yeah as, as far as like a, a, a or they would tear off like uh, it was one of the worst of the cover gimmicks from that night. Just era. imagine
0: how many key books that book ruined.
1: Oh, seriously! Like I, mean, I would hope, someone didn't put it with like an Amazing Fantasy 15 or something, you know, back to back. Because <laughs> it was like, yeah, let's put this big chunky, jagged, sharp piece of plastic, glue it to the cover. Everything will be fine.
0: Oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> oh, there you cool go. event though. The yeah, cool cover. It was a cool oh, event. Okay, <laughs> I have to check it out. Uh, so yeah, so visit Amazing Action Comics uh for. Anything that we've got going on, we've got some great stuff coming up. Uh, I believe I'm going to be doing the. If you're in the Wayne, New Jersey area, I believe it's uh, September 10th is the ZapCon, in New Jersey is their fourth year doing nice. it. I got uh, you know held back last year because of COVID, so yeah, it should be a really good show. I'm going to have a ton of art there, some content that we you know have on our site is going to be there, and some original art as well. So if you're you know a collector of original art, yeah, stop by um i'll be at one of the tables so it'll be cool um be sure to support your local comic book shops we need them to stay around so get out there as often as you can if not every single wednesday because it is new comic book day and that'd be great Phil, where do you get your comics from
1: well i get my comics at the joker's child in fairlawn new jersey not only do we have the back issues of Barbaric that you need, we also have a really cool, extensive collection of key uh, comics, first appearances, and origin books. Uh, really, really beautiful stuff uh, that I always love when people ask, especially if it's like an old Wallywood daredevil or a Steve Ditko drawn Spider Man. There's just something special about pulling those books out and showing them to somebody, just getting to hold those pieces of comic book history that's like one of the best parts of places like the joker's child so come on and take a look at you know our really expensive comics you don't even have to buy them just take them out and look at them we'll show them to you
0: no no we won't let you touch the expensive ones but it's all good <laughs> so there you have it so if you're ever in the fair new jersey area yeah stop by the joker's child and <laughs> say hi to phil and myself and yeah maybe we'll give you a high five back uh we'll see uh all right kiddies that is all that we have for you this week so until next time please Be amazing, stay amazing, and read something amazing.